Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for Soccer City, right here on your home for Louisville City FC, ESPN 680-1057, and the ESPN Louisville app. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. What up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Soccer City, presented to you by nobody. Your advertising dollars right here at work if you want them to be. As a presenting sponsor for the show here on ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app, I'm Jeff Milby. Benton Newman is alongside. Zach Cantrell is our producer today. Uh, And Benton, let's start with, well, there's so much to talk about. Let me say that first of all. There's so much to talk about. we got two games at home this weekend on a Friday, Saturday night, back-to-back racing Louisville in action on Friday night, Louisville City in action on Saturday night at Lynn Family Stadium. Racing taking on San Diego, the wave led by Alex Morgan, arguably the most famous women's professional soccer player on the planet. Uh, she's coming to town. That game at 8 o'clock on Friday night. Tickets available at racingloufc.com slash tickets 502 L O U C I T Y 502 City, And then you turn around the very next night Louisville City back at home they're taking on Memphis a suddenly surging Memphis team that is just three points behind Louisville City in the standings eight o'clock on Saturday night for that game 502 Lou City or lucity.com slash tickets student tickets for eight dollars all you can eat tickets available uh, general admission seats for very very affordable prices and there are always fun giveaways there's a foam finger giveaway this weekend for the Louisville Ooh. City game so lots of reasons to come out to Lynn Family Stadium this weekend we'll talk about both of those games coming up uh, on the show we will also chat with Hillary Beal, uh, a racing Louisville goalkeeper, one of the backup goalkeepers. But she's got a really interesting story. She was loaned to Australia in the offseason and became a star for, uh, for an Australian team, was the goalkeeper of the year in the A-League, the Australian League. So we will chat with her about what her racing Louisville offseason looked like and, and how uh, her experience was in Australia coming up at 620. Uh, but Benton, we have to start with the biggest transfer news between Europe and America this week. And no, I'm not talking about Lionel Messi. Yes, I'm talking about Josh Winder of Louisville City. It was announced today that Winder's deal to go to Benfica in Portugal is official. The price tag, $1.2 million. Benfica paying $1.2 million to Louisville City for the rights to have Josh Winder's contract. And there are a couple of addendums to that as well. It's $1.2 million plus either 20% of the next deal when Benfica sells Josh Winder on to name a big team, Manchester City, Liverpool, Real Madrid, whoever it is. They, Louisville City could get 20% of that number or... A flat check for $500,000. So this could be a $1.7 million deal. It could be an even larger uh, number than that if Benfica, in my opinion, doesn't play their cards right. But we're looking at a really, really big deal money-wise for Louisville City. Um, It's something that we knew was coming. It's been reported for months all the way back uh, in March. It was being reported online by by several notable outlets, including Pro Soccer Wire uh, from USA Today. But this, Benton, is a huge deal for Josh Winder. It's a huge deal for Louisville City. It's a huge deal for the USL because this is the most expensive deal for a USL player ever. And it's a big deal for American soccer in general to have another young player, 18 years old for Winder, going on to the European game uh, where he can continue to develop and show himself and maybe one day become a big talent that could play for, say, the senior national team. It's a huge deal. Jeff, I'm staring at a TV has ESPN right now. And at the bottom ticker, saw Josh Widener's name pop up with Louisville City. 
You don't see that very often. It's a huge deal, <laughs> big enough to make that. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for him. He's worked so hard for this. I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity to to test his medal over in Europe, uh, Portugal, and you know, along with like uh, the the Eredivisie over in the Netherlands. Very good places for for people to get kind of introduced to that next level of play that you see in Europe. And like you said, I think the sky's the limit for him. We could see him in even bigger leagues in the future. But uh, this is a great first step in that direction. Yeah, to your point, we were just talking about it a moment ago. Has Louisville City ever made the bottom line on ESPN? I can't remember a time. I keep thinking back, and I don't know why else. Even at the championships, I don't think that would have would have flagged the radar on that, that bottom ticker thing. So I think that was the first time. So a little special note yeah, there. something cool. I mean, it wasn't even like, it wasn't one of the random notes either. It was in the lead where they list off sort of the headline stories of the day. Uh, so very cool. Josh Winder making national headlines there. Uh, Benfica, for, for people that don't know, don't follow the game that closely, they are a very historic club in Portugal. They're based in Lisbon, which is the Portu- Portuguese capital. Uh, they are regularly in the Champions League. They are regular contenders for the Portuguese title. They're the reigning Portuguese champions. Uh, they've won 85 major titles over a 119 year history. This is a a club that has deep, deep, deep roots going all the way back to the 19th century. Um, And they have a recent history, not just the league. You talked about Portugal and and comparing it to the Netherlands as leagues where young players go and and, uh, showcase their talents to go on to the bigger stages. Benfica is a team that has done that all through the years. Uh, A couple of names recently, uh, Victor Lindelof, who plays for Manchester United now, and Ruben Diaz, who plays for Manchester City. A couple of guys that recently played for Benfica and then went on to obviously huge clubs in in the two Manchester clubs. Uh, It's a big Stage, And I think I'll pose the question to you. Is this the right place for Josh Winder to go? We knew this move was going to happen, right? We knew he was going to he's too talented. The star was too bright. Uh, his rise was too meteoric. We knew he was going to go to Europe sooner than later, just like Joe Go did. Jonathan Gomez. Um, is this a good spot for him, in your opinion? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say yes, because. He's done his homework. He really had his choice. There were a lot of teams interested um, with him. If you like, kind of read the rumor mill over these past months, gosh, even a year, like, there were a lot of big names linked to him. And I'm sure he had, he had his choice on where he went to go and where he went to sign and was able to kind of really sort them out and see what they offered him and what their plans are with him. And it seemed like the right landing spot. And again, they have a record of moving guys on to even bigger situations. So, yeah, I mean... From where I'm sitting, I'm satisfied with where he's going. You don't want him to go to too big of a club where he gets bogged down or lost in the in the huge roster. Think of like a Chelsea. Don't they have like 100 yeah. players on their roster? You loan them all out. And yeah, this is. I think this is a better situation for him. He'll work his way up to that, that sort of level eventually, I'd like to think. But uh, good landing spot for him. And, and it's a team, by all accounts, and everybody who writes about this and, and, and just the reputation they have, Benfica, it's a team that values their young players, right? It's not a team like you talked about, Chelsea. they got a pile of young kids in Chelsea that, that are never going to break through to the first team because they're, they're going to continue to buy big-name stars from all across the world and bring them in and sort of you know continue just to, to cut off the pathway for those young kids that were coming forward. That's not the case in Benfica. That's not the reputation they have. They value their, their, their uh, developmental prospects, and that's going to be the situation for Winder. He's going to go over there. He's expected to join the reserve team for Benfica, so he'll have opportunities to get playing time, see the field. He's not just going to ride the bench as, as a young backup. He's going to see see the field and continue to grow, continue to play with talented players. Um, he talked about this week coming off of the World Cup. He was with the U20 men's national team down in the World Cup. Um, he made mention that that the speed of the game at the World Cup was something that he wasn't really ready for yet uh, because there's you know that's the best of the future, right, going to the under-20 World Cup. So now he's going to Europe. He's going to play with at uh, closer to that speed of the game level um, and he's going to continue to develop and grow and who knows in one or two years three years he's only 18 right he, he's got a couple of years of development in front of him he could break into that Benfica senior team and when he does legitimately he's got an argument to be in in the U.S. senior men's national team picture if he finally breaks in and starts playing at Benfica I mean Portuguese uh, Portugal rather it, it's not one of the top five leagues but I would say it's right there sixth or seventh yep. uh, you know behind the big five of England Germany France Spain Italy um, so if he can break into the senior team of Benfica, play in Champions League games, Benfica made a run, I think, to the quarterfinal just a couple of years ago in the Champions League. Um, the sky's the limit for him in terms of the U.S. men's national team picture. And then obviously, as we mentioned, when he does break through, he's going to get sold on to – if everything goes according to plan, he'll get sold on to one of the bigger clubs in the world after this. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly going to be challenged in his time there, um, not only even on the pitch, the speed of the game and all the, all the other challenges that are going to come with it, but he's uprooting his life. I mean, this kid – 
he's from Louisville. He's been in Louisville this whole time, and now he's leaving, going off to Portugal. There's going to be that element of adaptation as well. So it's, it, it'll be a challenge for him, but it should be a fun and exciting one. And again, I have no reason to doubt that he's not going to succeed over there. Yeah, he, he's done. A, you mentioned he's done his homework. Uh, if you remember all the way back in January, there were social media posts from Winder, led to some speculation from people about what's going on with him. He just went over to Benfica, uh, said he went on trial there. So he trained with the team, you know, was involved with the team, was in the training facility, was was playing with, with his future teammates potentially. Um, so he's, he's sort of dipped his toes into it already a little bit uh, for, for a few weeks back in January. So he's gotten a taste of it. He's kind of gotten a little preview of what it's like. But to your point, um, moving away from home is always difficult especially for an 18-year-old kid. And he's not just moving away from home. He's moving across the world to Europe to a country where I assume he doesn't speak Portuguese. I don't think anybody asked him that question today. Um, he'll probably learn quickly, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge. That's always an adjustment. And also, to point out, while we fully expect that he's going to go on and, and succeed and, and develop and become a star and move on to a bigger level, there are a lot of guys, a lot of American guys that chase this European dream that go over and wash out and end yeah. up kind of bousing back to the United States, whether it's Major League Soccer, whether it's the USL. Um, so there, there's all kinds of – it's going to be a challenge, like you said, uh, for him to go over to, to, to Benfica. But I think this is probably the best spot for him to have a chance to succeed, and I think he's got a really good chance to succeed. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to think that there's a lot of really intelligent people in Europe who really understand the game at this level that we don't quite have over here in the U.S. And they, a lot of them saw – saw something in him again that some of the clubs that were linked with him you know, it was psv byron I, was man city on that list i mean there was there was a bunch of them so um yeah i don't think there's any any doubt as far as what his talent ceiling could be and two like the the process of going through and selecting where he's going i remember it was a podcast that he was on a little while back he's mentioning that i think he was he was actually talking about benfica um, getting paired with an active player, um, a, a player's name, I, I'm not recalling at the moment, a bigger name, but getting like the opportunity to really talk with them and see what it's like. And also even today when he in his, in his press conference after it first came out about the move. He was talking about having um, somebody like Jonathan Gomez where he can talk with him and kind of really sort of like what questions should you be asking when you make a move like that, right? Like you just, we oftentimes think of just kind of the on the pitch stuff. There's a lot of off the pitch stuff he's gonna, he would have to consider in a move like that. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's a big challenge there, but having somebody to who's been through that process before has got to be very valuable. Yeah, that's that's such an excellent point, and it, it's it circles me back a little bit here to to the impact that that this has on Louisville City. We've talked a lot about Josh, but this is a huge impact for Louisville City. One, just the 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 money. $1.2 million is a lot of money for Louisville City. I mean, they could probably, I, this is not information that's publicly known, but I'm sure they could pay down the salaries of every of the entire team, more than likely, uh, with, with this $1.2 million. Or they could invest it in the stadium. They could invest it in the youth academy. They can do whatever they want with it. There's no strings attached to this kind of money. I mean, it's just coming into the club. They can invest it however they, however they want to invest it. Um, so that in and of itself is a huge, significant thing. The other thing is this is another step for Louisville City on, on the international, on the national and international scene. We just talked about that they made the bottom line on ESPN. Uh, they're also making headlines around the world. Fabrizio Romano, who is a world-renowned reporter that talks that reports on transfers, he's like really the the, the guy the guy that does that. The Adam Shefford of uh, that's Europe. it. The Adam Shefford, that's right of, of European soccer and world soccer. He tweeted about him today. He tweeted about Louisville City today. It's just another opportunity for Louisville City to get their brand, get their name out there, and it's also. Starting a trend now, right, with Jonathan Gomez of, of when European scouts come over to the United States, they've got to give a thought. Well, let me go check out Louisville City because we had Jonathan Gomez go to Real Sociedad in Spain last year. Uh, he's starting to break through. We have Josh Winder now going to Benfica. So now Louisville City has the attention of European scouts and of people in the worldwide game. And that's just great for uh, the exposure for the team and ultimately that will build and build and build and it'll turn into more resources and more opportunities for Louisville City players and for the club to sell those guys on and reap the benefits and the rewards. So to really kind of translate this to somebody not as familiar with the soccer ecosystem, Louisville City is pretty quickly making themselves out to be a, you know, a, what is it, a blue chip club? Is that what they refer to? The sure. big basketball programs, yeah. you know, where some of the top talent will go to those kind of clubs. And, and we're very much making our case to be one of the best around to do that. We've, in under 10 years, we've already exported two players to Europe. 
That's insane. Yeah. I that's, mean, that's crazy. There are MLS teams that have not done that to the level Louisville City has, and this is just year nine for Louisville City, and only, you know this better than me, it's only, what, year four for the academy? How long has the academy been around? Just, yeah, a, just a few right. years. Yeah. And this is, again, back to, to Winder. Take nothing away from Jonathan Gomez. That was a huge deal for Louisville City and, and great, and he's a phenomenal player and everything else. But they brought him in after he came up through the FC Dallas Academy, right? Winder's a local kid, been in the academy since its inception. He represents what they're building over there uh, at Soccer Holdings on Edith Lane uh, in that training facility. He represents what the ultimate goals are for this thing, to be able to develop home talent, Louisville talent, Kentucky talent, homegrown talent, not only bring it to the first team of Louisville City where they contribute to winning on this level, but also send them on to the bigger bigger levels of the game and get the profit back for it. Let me put it to you in this term. If you're a top young soccer talent in this country and you're looking around, why not Louisville? You look at these MOS clubs, sure, it's a it's a division up. There might be some opportunity there. But they have some crowded academies for the ones that even do have those. And if you do, you're probably going to play in MLS next and not even get that kind of regular like first team minutes that you'd be desiring. Like, sure, you're playing with MLS next, but it's it's not the same. It's basically a reserve squad, if we're going to be honest. You look down at the USL where you can probably get those first team minutes at such a young age. Why Again, why not Louisville? The best infrastructure, a winning club, a, a high-rising coach. I mean, why do you not want to be a part of that? Again, I, I understand that I have some level of bias here. But, I, but I think you're not a, wrong. You're yeah, not there's wrong. There's a very legitimate case for, for us to attract even more kind of talent, whether that be external talent, not from this region, like a Jonathan Gomez, or if we have more young developing talent here that is catching eyes of, uh, of other clubs around. Yeah. I mean, why not stay home? Absolutely. <laughs> Play Louisville, wear purple. I mean, it, it's, I haven't thought of that angle, and that's such an excellent point of – this isn't just about home talent kids. Yeah. It's about high-level youth soccer prospects from around the country saying, where do I want to sign as a youth player? Where do I want to apply my trade and continue to develop? And Louisville City is making as good of an argument as almost anybody outside of the FC Dallas Academy, really, in the entire country, in terms of saying, here is a pathway to first uh, to senior team soccer, playing against grown men, playing against professionals who know how to go about their business, and then you can go on and, and develop and move on to, to the higher levels of the game and to Europe, which is every kid's dream is Europe, right? right? I mean, Europe's always the goal, and that and that paradigm will take a very long time to shift, if at all. But like, think over to like England and stuff like that. Even with their academies, these young kids, they're shopping around. They're not always just diehard going right to their hometown club. If they got the skills and the talent, you know, they're going to move to Manchester. They're going to move to Liverpool. They're going to move to London. They'll move across and, the country, wherever go, it yeah, is. Yeah. And go to one. That, yeah, moving across the country is like two hours for them. But still, yeah, I, know. I mean, it's the same point there. So it's like not only do we got to be able to produce young talent locally, which I very much hope is the case, but we also have to open our doors to external talent, somebody within the, the greater region of the U.S., and, and pull in those kind of um, players. And, again, the playing opportunities, and the USL is really proving it. There's other clubs in the USL that are getting big-name players as well. Uh, Birmingham Legion got another young stud. Um, I well, think San Diego has, has one too. Yeah, the, well, the, this this deal is the record deal. It beats the previous record deal of, uh, I believe, Kobe Henry out of, out of oh, Orange yeah. County. It was, I think, $700,000 is what he, what, what he uh, brought in uh, to go overseas after developing in Orange County. So, yeah, I mean, the USL is, is proving itself to be an, an equally capable proving ground for young talent, uh, just like MLS. Um, so just, just to circle back and recap again, it's $1.2 million that Louisville City is getting for Josh Winder, an 18-year-old. Just turned 18 a couple months ago. An 18-year-old, $1.2 million. It could be up to $1.7 million, maybe potentially more, but it's more likely they'll end up as $1.7 million. But you, you, you can't understate the, the sell-on clause tied with it. Did we get an official number with it? I 20%. Thought, it was, was reported, 20? By, reported by ESPN, I should say, all these things. The, the, the numbers were not officially put okay. out by the club, um, but ESPN reported $1.2 million for the fee, a 20% sell-on clause, or if they don't want to sell, if they don't want to do that, Basically, if it's cheaper, essentially, they could pay cut a, fa- a flat check for $500,000 and send that so, back to Louisville City. So for so. those not as familiar with soccer, I mean, these players go in the tens of millions, like regularly. Yeah. Like you'll get 20, 30 million transfers fairly regularly. And then um, you know, upwards almost near 100 million for some top players. Um, you know, who's, who's to say where his, how his path, is, his value is going to rise in the future? But you've got to imagine, like if, if we're talking 20% on there, 
four or five million at least. Yeah, you're I mean, looking at. but that's why Benfica would probably just pay that five hundred thousand dollars, right? Well, let's, ho- let's open the fine line there. Sure. That's a, that's a payout if he doesn't resign with them or some, some with nuance you. with that. Yeah, that, the, the real catch with there would be if they don't sell him on by twenty twenty five, then they get that twenty percent. Yeah, right. Because the 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 way it was described by Jeffrey Carlisle of ESPN was that it was by twenty twenty five. Let's take a time out. We got uh, a great guest coming up. So much more to talk about. We haven't even touched on racing Louisville yet, and that's uh, important because our next guest is from racing Louisville. Hillary Beal is calling in after this break. Uh, so do stick around. We're going to take a time out. It's Soccer City here on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven and the ESPN Louisville Benton Newman. Welcome back, Soccer City here on ESPN Louisville. Getting you ready for a couple of games this weekend. We've been talking a lot about Josh Winder and Louisville City. They are in action on Saturday night, uh, obviously without Josh Winder now. He's not going to play for the team anymore after the move today uh, that was announced to go to Benfica. Uh, but his teammates, his former Louisville City teammates, will be in action on Saturday night, 8 o'clock against Memphis at Lynn Family Stadium. That is the second game of a twin bill this weekend for you uh, because Racing Louisville returns home as well. Tomorrow night, Friday night at Lynn Family Stadium, they take on San Diego Wave, including Alex Morgan. Uh, that game also at 8 o'clock. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets is the place to go to get your seats for that. This is a Racing Louisville team that, again, is so much improved. They are on the cusp of breaking into that playoff picture in the NWSL. And we are uh, very pleased to be joined by a goalkeeper for Racing Louisville. It's Hillary Beal, uh, who came back into the fold uh, after spending a very productive offseason in Australia. Hey, Hillary, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, for those that are listening, uh, tell them about your offseason. You went on loan to Australia, and uh, things were pretty successful for you. Yeah, um, it was a pretty incredible run. I'm really grateful that racing allowed me to go down there on loan. Um, ended up with the first-year team that was supposed to be ninth place. We ended up in second and then made it all the way to the grand final. So super proud of our group, and uh, it was a great moment for me as a new professional. How was it playing in a, in a totally different environment? I mean, you're moving like all the way across the world for this opportunity. Uh, yeah, the first the first few days I definitely woke up every day thinking, wow, I'm really living my life in Australia, uh, pretty amazing. But it was good. It was it was um, really pleasant to be able to be in an English-speaking country, um, but it's a good experience to be able to live abroad. And also, I mean, with a new team, just a great group of girls, and um, soccer brought us all together. So it was awesome. Well, I, I applaud you for uh, for being team first there when I, when I asked you about your success down in Australia, talking about the team success. You were also super successful individually because you were the A-League goalkeeper of the year. Um, so just tell us about how that went for you in terms of the soccer uh, going down to Australia. Did you find it difficult to break into the team? Um, and, and then obviously when you did, what, what was working for you? What, uh, what, what happened with you specifically uh, that led to the success you had? Yeah, um, I think I had a team that um, honestly – it was a great group of girls that were willing to fight for each other. My personal success w- was credit to them as well. But um, I think for me, I got to train here with uh, racing all year and then was able to go down there and finally show off what I had. Uh, I think it was good that, to get my confidence up. And then once we started to win games, we got on a seven-game win streak in the beginning of the year. It, it not only brought confidence to the team, but myself as well, uh, just being able to keep the team in games and – and, um, you know, if the team wins and I can do all right, it, it ends up being a successful year for us all. So I'm really honored to take away that Goalkeeper of the Year award and join a list of great goalkeepers, especially U.S. goalkeepers that have gone down there and done the same um, and gone on to have great careers. So to me, it means a lot. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to have gone down there. What was the most challenging part about playing in a whole new league with a whole new team in a different country? Um, for a goalkeeper, the hardest part is getting to know your center backs. You know, you, sometimes you go four years in college playing with the same people um, and then having to adjust. I think I had a four-week preseason. Totally new. St- the style of play is a little bit different down there. Um, and then also, I mean, my center backs were pretty young, so just getting used to them. But once once we had that going for us, I think our team was pretty special, but that was probably the most challenging thing was just being in a new team, especially in my first year playing as a professional um, and, and learning not not only the ropes for myself, but the trying to show them the ropes as I was also a team captain down there. So it was good. 
How would you how would you compare the NWSL to the A League in terms of in terms of the talent, in terms of the the speed of play, the style of play? You mentioned it's a little bit of a different style of play uh, down in Australia. How would you compare uh, the two leagues? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously the NWSL is one of the it has some of the top players in the world, so um, definitely in, in terms of that, you know, you're going against the likes of Alex Morgan, Nadia, Jess McDonald, and 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 some of the best players in the world um but down in the a league i would say uh it's a it's a league definitely where players break through uh they're a little bit more possession based not as physical um not as quick as the nwsl but the nwsl it doesn't really compare to anything in terms of it's a transition game it's you have the fittest fastest players in the world playing in this league so i think um in terms of pace the nwsl it's night and day but uh yeah, I think it's a little bit more possession-based, kind of more like um, European-style football. Now, what was your biggest area of growth uh, during your time uh, um, in Australia? Um, honestly, with it being my first professional year, I think it was learning how to to get through a season. But at the same time, I was captain down there. So probably for me trying to learn for myself but also not trying to show as much that I was learning because I was trying to lead this group of girls to a successful season so some of them are 18 years old and trying to pick them up and pick up myself we had a few games I think after Jess had left we, we lost a couple games and not allowing that to define our season and, and getting the girls back on track and meeting with the coach and making sure we had everybody back on track and believing that we could do what we were able to do. So now that you're back stateside, now that you're back with racing Louisville, how do you take that experience from Australia, whether it's learning as a leader, whether it's getting uh, you know consistent playing time and being successful, winning games, um, how, how do you take that experience and apply it to, to not only your career and this season, but, but this racing Louisville season and, and to this team? Yeah, um, it's definitely night and day. I would say the player I am this year than I was last year. I think I'm a lot more confident, calmer, and, um, I mean, obviously experienced. But I think bringing it back here in terms of training, I think I'm a more confident player, and I'm able to be in situations and, and have more discussions with the older players just about learning. It's not as much as a learning curve as it was last year, but now I think it's just managing myself continue to stay confident and and trying to help this team win and and bring hardware to the city as well how for you now coming back to racing louisville after having played a significant time in australia um is it a mental adjustment for you to go back to to playing behind a starting goalkeeper is it uh, do you have to change your approach how, how does how does that work for you um yeah I, th- I don't think it changes your approach you know um you know, we're, I'm lucky to be a part of such a great group of goalkeepers, and, and it's an honor to be here. But I think for me, it's it's not just a change of an approach, but I think it's if I can push myself to push our group of goalkeepers, that's when we're going to get the best out of our goalkeeping group. And if our starter's doing well, that means the rest of us are doing well in training. So I think it's just continuing to push, to push myself, to push our starter and um Honestly, when when she does well, we all do well. So I always want the best, and that's kind of what I'm here to do is just how can I help this team win. Now, the uh, the team has certainly grown a lot, and it seems like we're on the cusp of something really great. This weekend is going to be, a, or tomorrow, I should say, it's going to be a big challenge taking on San Diego here at home. Um, what, do you, um, what do you guys take out of that game? What, do you, what are you looking for in that one, and how do you guys think you'll fare? Yeah, I mean, obviously the result, we always want to get three points. Um, I think we've we've got a lot of good crowds in the city, so just getting a win in front of them, um, I think it'll be a really good game. You know, San Diego's got some talented players in terms of Alex Morgan, Naomi Gertma. Their goalkeeper's really good as well. Um, so it'll be a tough challenge, but I think we're up for it. We've, we've got a lot of good players ourselves, so I think we've fought this entire year and stayed in games, so I think it'll be another good game for us we're chatting with uh, racing louisville goalkeeper hillary beal here on uh, soccer city uh, a couple a couple of fun ones to throw at you uh given that you just had a really cool experience or what i would expect was a really cool experience to go be in australia for for several months uh what was the most fun thing you did aside from uh, having success on the soccer field what was you know did you meet a koala what did you do down there did you hang out with a kangaroo 
<laughs> I got to see a couple kangaroos, but I'm not going to lie. Probably the best thing I did down there, I um, just randomly bought a ticket up to Sydney one day to go see Jordan Bloomer, who's also from Racing. And we went to the Jack Johnson concert on the steps of the Sydney Opera House. It was wow. a 24-hour trip, but it was probably the best concert I've ever seen. That is a really cool experience. And it's also like for... Australia is a huge country. It takes a long time to travel over there. I was going to ask that. What are, what are the away days like over there? Like, what are the trips like? Yeah, so I didn't know this, but um, Melbourne and Sydney are about an hour, hour, 20-minute flight from each other. And flights are really cheap there. So they're not too bad. The only bad trip that we have is going from uh, Melbourne to Perth is like four and a half hours. But, yeah, and, and Brisbane's a two-hour flight. But it's not too bad. And then we had a we had a, also a really good trip to Tasmania. All right, we'll let you we'll let you out of here on on, on this last one. Uh, how has the adjustment been? You know, the time change, all this stuff, because you just finished with uh, with Western United down in Australia uh, in in late April, right? It's been a little bit of a, over a month ago since since you since you ended your season in the grand final, as you pointed out, uh, and came back stateside. So uh, you still battling jet lag? How's it going? Um, well, I just took. A, I just got back from a trip last week with my dad to go to the awards ceremony. So um, I'm really battling jet lag right now. I'm <laughs> four days fresh off the plane. So uh, yeah, I know I'm still adjusting. It's not the best time change, but I'll get there. Well, uh, obviously, huge congratulations to you on all your success that you had in Australia uh, over the last few months. Uh, few months. Huge congratulations to you for winning the the goalkeeper of the year. Uh, good luck going forward this season with Racing Louisville, and obviously good luck the rest of your career. Good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, guys. That's uh, Hillary Beal, Racing Louisville goalkeeper, who, again, went down to Australia in the offseason, as a few Racing Louisville players did, by the way. There was a little group of them that went on loan in the offseason to Australia, uh, and she was hugely successful. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, Racing Louisville just had a lot of success in, uh, in Australia's past offseason. Between Hillary's success, Alex Chidiak won, um, won several awards, uh, Jess McDonald was killing it down there. I mean, there was just a lot of positive. Amina was, was murdering it before she got injured. And she mentioned Jordan Bloomer, the other yeah. backup goalkeeper that went down to Australia and had success. So that's uh, that's five players that went down to Australia in the off season. And for those you know uh, people that don't know soccer, listen to us. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, in the off season, it's common, especially in women's soccer, to see players get loaned out uh, to, to other teams around the world just to keep them fresh, to keep to get you know keep game time uh, under their under their belts. Different um, schedules too. So yeah. It's, uh, so they're like in their regular season when we're in our off season. So right. Somebody can continue to play. And and for a player like Hillary Beal. Uh, she was just 23 uh, when she went down to Australia. Um, she, you know, she mentioned it was really kind of the first serious playing experience she got as a professional. Uh, she goes down and she's the captain of the team. I and mean, what an experience that is to be leaned on like that. Huge achievement. Uh, uh, and, and for her to go through and, and be so successful, win the goalkeeper of the year award, lead her team as a captain uh, to the grand final, as they call it down there, essentially the championship game, if you want to think about it like that. Um, just huge plaudits to her. And it goes to show the talent that is in this goalkeeper crew, this goalkeeper group, uh, this goalkeeper room, if you will, uh, over with Racing Louisville. We've talked a lot about Katie Lund, and deservedly so. She is among the best goalkeepers in the league, uh, among the best shot stoppers in the league particularly. But there's a lot of talent behind her, uh, headlined by Hillary Beal and Jordan Bloomer. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of talent across the field, but that is, a, that is one spot that I think if, if you know, God forbid Katie Lund had to go down or, or something happened where she wasn't able to play, there's some confidence there uh, for racing Louisville that the player that's going to fill her shoes and step into her spot uh, is capable and, and talented and able to get the job done. Yeah, I think the club is really happy with the position in there and in, in the goalkeeping spot particularly. I think all a lot of these keepers, I mean, have have a lot of good uh, um, talent with them. A little fearful of the expansion drafts if we're going to lose some of them. It's a good point, um, and and I would expect that to happen honestly, um, given given what's going on with the, with the NWSL. They announced uh, the, the the Bay Area team. They they released the branding for that. Uh, there's there's uh, Utah is getting their team back. The Utah Royals are returning, and then there are rumors about Boston and other other markets trying to get expansion teams over the next couple of years. So you're right, uh, a lot of that depth could be mined from from racing Louisville come the expansion draft um, coming up this off season. But that's that's a long way away. We got a lot more to talk about. Uh, let's go ahead and take our, our second break. Uh, we'll, we'll when we come back, we'll preview the games that we've got coming up this weekend. We've got racing Louisville in action tomorrow night against the San Diego Wave, and then as we mentioned, we've got Louisville City in action against Memphis 901, a red-hot team in the USL on Saturday night at Lynn Family Stadium. So we will chat about those games when we come back. It's Soccer City here on ESPN Louisville. 
You're locked on Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Final segment of the show. Again, Soccer City every Thursday night at 6 o'clock after the take with Andy Sweeney comes your way here on ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app. It is the show where we talk all things Louisville professional soccer, racing Louisville, Louisville City FC. Let's stick with racing after we just had a great conversation with Hillary Beal. Her team is in action tomorrow night at Lynn Family Stadium at 8 o'clock. Tickets available at racingloufc.com slash tickets or 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y on the phone. That's 502-LU-CITY. Student tickets for $8. General admission tickets are very affordable prices, around 16 or 17 bucks. last time I checked. Uh, there are all kinds of affordable options. All-you-can-eat seats as well, so go check those out for Racing Louisville tomorrow night. They take on the San Diego Wave. It is a headline kind of game for Racing Louisville, a marquee kind of game, because the San Diego Wave are led by Alex Morgan, arguably the most famous women's soccer player in the world. Uh, to many uh, general sports fans, you will know who she is, and she is a still at her age in, in her lower 30s, still a star for the San Diego Wave. They're coming to town tomorrow night, and it is a very important game for racing Louisville as really every game is right now the way the season has gone they are sitting currently in eighth place just the top six make the playoffs in the NWSL they are four points back of Houston for that sixth playoff spot San Diego on the other hand they are tied for first place in terms of points they are tied with the Portland Thorns on 19 points they are among the best teams in the league uh, not, not, it's not just Alex Morgan. We heard, heard Hillary Beal say it. Uh, Naomi Gurma, a center back, one of the best young players in women's soccer. She is also on this team. Uh, so it's going to be a huge, huge challenge tomorrow night for racing Louisville. But Benton, if this team is going to push into those playoffs and be the team that we know they're capable of being and be the team they expect themselves to be, we've heard it from, from them themselves. We heard it from Bev in, in the, uh, at the beginning of the season, the new assistant coach, when we asked her point blank, is this a playoff team? And she said 100%. Um, they expect this of themselves, but they need to start winning games, not just getting points, not just getting ties. They need to start getting some victories under the belt, uh, and it starts Friday night at home against San Diego. Yeah, three points is uh, definitely what's needed. This is going to be a big test for them, but this is, again, the kind of matches you have to win if you want to get in that conversation. Um, I mean, San Diego, they're, they get the, they're tied for second in the most goals per match, fourth for the most goals conceded per match. Racing, meanwhile, is fifth for goals scored and seventh for goals conceded. So a step behind them is in terms of those averages. Um, but again, we, we've seen this team be good. We've seen them be not so good. It's really going to depend on the team that's showing up. Is the talent there? I absolutely believe so. And like I, I, I agree with Bev. Or to begin this season, I very much said that this is a, a playoff team, and, and I still believe that. But you got to win these kind of matches. you got to be able to show you can hang with the clubs like this. And you got to be able to show that you can win at home, uh, yep. which has been a little bit of an issue over the, the history of racing Louisville. They've certainly been better this season. Uh, we have to point out um, that the star player for racing, if there's one player to know for racing Louisville, this season especially, not that you shouldn't know all of them because you should if you're a Louisville sports fan, um, it's Savannah DeMello. And she was named this week the NWSL League Player of the Month for the month of May uh, after having a really sensational uh, month she scored six goals or uh, was involved rather in six goals with three goals she scored and a couple of assists as well and then she had a penalty kick that ultimately went down as an own goal that you can give her some credit for went off the back of the goalkeeper uh, she has taken a huge huge step forward for this team but what I'll say critically is it can't just be all Savannah DeMello. She can't be the only player out there that's being a creator. There have been other players that have shown great flashes over the course of the season. Talking about like Wong Schwong uh, has, has had good games, good performances, good moments. Uh, Kirsten Davis, Uchenna Canoe scored against Chicago a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some players in the attack that are starting to figure it out. Ari Borges has been phenomenal in the midfield. I think one of the best new signings the team has had. Um, but Savannah DeMello needs, needs some other players to step up around her and complement her, her play. Um, for this team to really take that next step forward and challenge for that playoff spot. Yeah, soccer is very much a team sport. You can't just get one or two stars and expect to to be one of the, the best teams. It's got you've got to be have a well rounded squad to work with. And um, you know, Savannah's gonna gonna need some help scoring some goals, creating some assists, and um, and kicking that other gear. So we, again, we have a lot of talent. It's just a matter of unlocking that and everybody being able to 
to play their best each and every game. And for DeMello, that award is coming at a, a really important time in the season. You, you want her to be hot right now uh, if, if you're a, a U.S. women's soccer fan and if you're a racing Louisville fan because you want to go see her play for the U.S. women's national team in the World Cup coming up this summer. And those World Cup rosters are going to be announced at the end of this month, at the end of June. Uh, so to have her playing her best soccer in the month of May, if she can keep that momentum going over the next two or three weeks, I think she has as good a shot as anybody in the league. Clearly, she was the best player in the league last month. That's what that award says, right? She was the best player in the best league in the world last month. Uh, she deserves to be on that World Cup team if she can keep it going over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so that's really important to see as well. Yeah, Vladko was here for a reason a that's few right. weeks ago. That's all I'm saying. So again... Racing Louisville against San Diego tomorrow night. Any predictions? How you feeling? Racing coming off of a 1-1 tie at Washington that felt like they were really fortunate to get out of there with a point. Uh, they gave up uh, a really terrific goal. Give Trinity Rodman a lot of credit. She scored a really nice goal in the first half of the game. Uh, Racing finished the game with just 10 players after Ellie Picciampsa went down with a red card, defending against Trinity Rodman uh, late on with about 15 minutes to go in that game. And it felt like Racing Louisville kind of escaped to get that point on the road. Um, so that makes it a positive point, but it's just a point um, against uh, a Washington team where it was uh, coming into it was maybe a winnable game. I mean, Washington would have been favored, but it was maybe a winnable game. So what are you feeling? That being the most recent result, they're coming back home racing Louisville against a team tied for first place. What are you expecting tomorrow night? I try to be positive. I also try to be realistic. I mean, I think this is a tall ask. Certainly doable, but a tall ask. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to go conservative and say a 1-1 draw. I don't disagree. Actually, I, I, I agree with you fully. I think um, that would probably be a good result, all things considered, against San Diego, given how talented they are and how successful they've been this season. The thing I would say to counter that, though, you got to start winning, and you got to start winning at home if you want to start making that push to the playoffs. I mean, they're already over a third of the way through the season in the NWSL. It's a relatively, compared to, to, compared to the USL and Lou City, it's a short season. Uh, it takes several months, but there are about 10 fewer games on the regular season calendar. So they got to start getting some wins under their belt or else this season's going to kind of slip through their fingers. I completely agree with you. I'm trying to be rational rather more so yeah. than, than what I what I want to happen. What I think will happen is it could be close, but you never know. You don't know what racing team's going to show up. If they come out firing in all cylinders, I absolutely think they can beat the wave, but it's just going to depend. We'll see what happens during the match. I mean, in this league, in the NWSL, any given night, any team can beat any team. It is a very competitive a team. A lot of parity. There's, it's the best league in the world, and there's only a handful of teams, really. So there's a lot of talent on every team. Like we were talking about with Racing Louisville in the expansion draft coming up this offseason. There is a lot of depth across the league, uh, and Racing Louisville now has a lot of that depth with all the international pieces they brought in, a lot of the talent they brought in the offseason. Um, but any given night, anybody can beat anybody else. Absolutely. And that's, that's the memo that you have to have. That's the mindset you have to have if you're racing going into tomorrow night's game. So that's 8 o'clock tomorrow night at Lynn Family Stadium. 8 o'clock the next night, Saturday night, at Lynn Family Stadium. Louisville City is back in action, back at home, coming off of, I'll say it, a dreadful 0-0 game at Hartford last weekend uh, where Hartford defended like a brick wall. They set all 11 players within 10 yards of their own box just sat back and let Louisville City, a team that has struggled to score this year, have the ball, and we got uh, a game that really was unattractive to watch. I'll just it, it was not a good soccer game, uh, but but look, it's a point on the road for Louisville City. Uh, for Hartford, it was a point for them, the last place team in the league against one of the best teams in the league, Louisville City. Uh, but but to me, you know, throw that one out. You don't want to think about that one. You don't want to look at that one. It's an opportunity for Louisville City to to wash their mouth out with soap against Memphis on Saturday night. Yeah, zero shots on target. It's kind of the story of that one. We were talking before before we got on the air, and I described the match. It's the kind of soccer match that somebody who doesn't like soccer points that to to as an example of why they don't like the sport. You get one or two of those a season. It's just a real stinker. Um, would have liked to seen the team be able to break down a parking the bus Hartford a little bit more. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a lesson learned. Um, it's a one point earned technically, but feels like a loss in some ways, given that it's a team we should air quote beat. Well, I mean, look, they were in last place in the league. They had the worst defense in the league. They uh, conceded 24 goals. Uh, on paper, it had everything written on it like a Louisville City 3-0 or 4-0 win, and it just didn't happen. Credit to Hartford. They came out and, and defended for their lives the whole game. Uh, they had the better chances, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were the closer to scoring. Totally agree. Oliver Zimla had a couple, uh, a couple of good saves in the second half, particularly to keep Louisville City, uh, keep that clean sheet alive. 
Uh, Louisville City, by the way, defensively, they lead the league in shutouts and clean sheets this year. Uh, Zimla being a big part of that, the new rookie goalkeeper. Uh, but this game on Saturday night, it's, uh, it's an important one for Louisville City as well because of where they are in the standings, where Memphis is in the standings. Louisville City currently sitting tied for third. If you want to think about it uh, in terms of points, they're tied 21 points with Tampa Bay. They have one game in hand on Tampa Bay. Memphis hot on the heels of Louisville City, and I mean really hot on the heels. They've won four straight games, Memphis. Uh, they have 18 points, and they have two games in hand on Louisville City. They've played two fewer games than Louisville City. So a win for them on Saturday night would do wonders for their season. Uh, they would really leapfrog Louisville City and, for that matter, Tampa Bay and be in that conversation with Charleston and Pittsburgh as the two top teams in the Eastern Conference, Memphis 901. And this little run for them comes after they got rid of Philip Goodrum who was the star of the team for them last year, scored 22 goals, uh, was the face of the organization. Um, so a midseason switch for them, getting rid of Philip Goodrum has paid dividends. Yeah, I mean, Rodrigo DaCosta, who they got from Tulsa, is no slouch either. We can't, can't gloss over his acquisition to the team. It certainly helped them out. But when I think about this match, I, it's weird. I don't have any solid evidence of why I think the team is going to do well, given their, their recent trajectory of being kind of flat. But just deep down, I really feel like that this is theirs to win, and they're going to do so in a pretty, uh, pretty dominant fashion. Again, I have no evidence to support this. I just feel it. I mean, here, here's the evidence I'll give against it, is that Louisville City has scored 12 goals in 12 games this season in league play. It's just flat out not good enough. Um, it, it's good enough to tie a lot of games. It's good enough to keep them in a lot of games, especially with how good their defense is. I mean, defensively, Louisville City uh, has been as stout as anybody in the league if you want to eliminate the losses to El Paso and Sacramento. They gave up eight goals in those two games over the span of a week. Outside of that, in 10 other games, they've conceded just five times. So this is one of the best defensive teams in the league. And again, as I mentioned, they lead the league with six clean sheets, tied for the the league lead. But but still, they're leading the league with six clean sheets, six six shutouts. But they can't score. They've they've failed to score in so many games. They've looked miserable offensively in so many games this season that it's starting to be a little bit of a worry. I mean, it's not a little bit of a worry. It's a big worry, I think, for a lot of Louisville City fans. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes total sense. But my my counterpoint or my counterthought to that is, is... can you imagine some of these veteran leaders in the locker room, how they're reacting after drawing to Hartford? I mean, they I mean, they see the same numbers that we do. They see the table stands. They see the stats. They know that Hartford, in relation to this league, is not good. And we went up there and we're not able to even get a shot on target against them. What better way to light a fire than have a super flat performance like that? Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. And I would imagine that Danny Cruz... Louisville City's head coach has been looking at that tape, looking at the tape of a lot of the games this year in which the the offense has looked lackluster and not been able to generate chances. Um, Whatever tactical adjustments that he's made, the team needs to start listening and start heeding them because uh, they can't keep going. Look, and and, and I'll say this with a caveat, uh, Hartford played an ultra-defensive, they had an ultra-defensive game plan. I mean, when Louisville City had the ball, Sean Tosh, as a center back, was playing 25 yards past midfield in the attacking half right that doesn't happen most games your center backs it'd be like it it, it, i'm trying to think of a comparison there really isn't one i was thinking like basketball it'd be like in hockey if you pulled the goalie and everybody was playing in the attacking half right still couldn't score and they still couldn't score essentially that's what happened for louisville city um so something needs to change is the point that i'm trying to make here something needs to click whether it's whether it's a change in game plan whether it's a change in mentality for this team uh the good news is not everybody's going to sit back like Hartford did, uh, so they should have some opportunities to score, I would think, so in this the, game Saturday. In the postgame, Coach Cruz didn't, didn't exactly go after his team super heavily, but you have to imagine behind closed doors and at practices, it might have been a rough week. You can't be satisfied all zero shots on target against a Hartford team. Like I get that they're playing at home and playing park-to-bus sort of defense, but this team has had to prepare for that sort of scenario before, so it's not like they've never seen it, right? Yeah, I mean... He has, on occasion, Danny Cruz this season, come out and shown his frustration to reporters, to the media after he's the game. So, he's very selective about he's, it. But he's very selective about it. And he, he, more often than not to me, has said, no panic button, we're doing fine, you know, there's a couple of things we could change here, a couple of things we could change there, but he's, he's been very even keel about this lack of offense for the most part this season. I wonder if he can keep that mentality up, and I wonder, as you point out, if he's being cool and calm and collected in front of the media, if behind closed doors, he's anything but. I would suspect he is. 
Uh, but we'll see what kind of response Louisville City has. To, to his point, like I think in the long term, this team will pan out well. Does it feel really bad right now? Sure. But I think he's looking at the long-term vision. He knows he has the talent. He's seen these guys do it before. They just got to get through this little whatever rut they're in right now. And so he knows that's going to happen eventually. It's just more of a matter of when. There's too much talent for this team for this to continue and go on and on. And again, I think a, a match like that Hartford one could be a good catalyst for them to return home against a team that's they've had pretty testy matches against Memphis before too. So there's that little extra fire that they probably have going like, man, not only do, do we want a win for for this most recent result and some of our other recent results, but we just don't like this team. We don't like Memphis. Yeah, a lot of that Memphis uh, rivalry, uh, some of it I would say, I think moved on with Philip Goodrum a little oh, bit because I, I agree, he was yeah. he was that antagonistic kind of player and is that antagonistic kind of player. Uh, but there's still a lot of the guys on that Memphis team that were here last year. Remember that was a game where there was a – uh, a fight at the end of the game last year when I think uh, in all of their games last year there was some sort of fight there were red cards in each of their two games last year the game they played previously this season was a 0-0 tie down in Memphis or a 1-1 tie I'm sorry it was a 1-1 tie down in Memphis uh, where Chantos scored for Louisville City uh, at the end of April so they've already met once this season uh, and this is meeting number two for the two teams uh, I, I like your confidence uh, I, I, I like your confidence in Louisville City I don't know that I share it necessarily um, it's a little bit I you, you got to show me maybe I'm wishing it into existence could maybe. be Maybe I'm doing a little bit of that right now. I mean, the Miami game, right, for Louisville City a couple of weeks ago at home was the game you thought, all right, they got it figured out. Here it is. They won 3-1. They looked good. They had chances. They were thrilling up and down the field, having fun, playing the ball uh, with a quick pace of play, quick style. Um, But the last couple of performances, they lay an egg against Tulsa. They go on the road to Hartford, struggle. They go to Indy 11 and and struggle mightily in the second half of that game. So it's three three straight games where they've been less than – less than stellar where they've been less than expected for Louisville City so um, as you said a great opportunity to to turn that around bounce back and, and maybe just maybe they're they've been sitting on that Hartford result all week steaming up fuming uh, ready to come out and explode and score some goals on Saturday night I think you got more logic behind your feelings but I hope you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> we'll see though eight o'clock on Saturday night uh, at Lynn Family Stadium tickets are available at lucity.com slash tickets tomorrow night eight o'clock racing Louisville in action against San Diego racing Louisville com slash tickets uh, for Saturday night's game. Our coverage here on ESPN Louisville will begin at 745, 15 minutes prior to kickoff. And of course, every Thursday night at six o'clock, tune in here, ESPN 680, 105.7 for Soccer City. Uh, he's Benton. I'm Jeff. Zach was the producer. We'll talk to you on Saturday night and then again on Thursday night for Soccer City. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.